Hey, good morning, everybody. It's Tim Gillette with another Tim Gillette Show. And uh, hey, we're on this series trying to get 100 people. We're going to interview them and get to know them, all right, in 30 days. So that like makes me reach out. Really, 100 people, it would be easy if I was doing 10 interviews or 30 interviews in 30 days. But doing 100 made me have to reach to unique places to find it. And it, it's making me get to know my Facebook friends, my people who follow me and connected with me on YouTube for years and, and Twitter. And now it's like, you know what I mean? Getting to know interesting people who we've had conversations, but we've never really talked. So it's unique because one of these people, I've actually gotten her speakers for her event and we've talked on the phone, but we've never really talked to get to know each other. So today I'm going to get to know this lady, Cammie Baker. Um, and Cammie Baker actually lives in, I believe, in the New England area and where I used to live in the 1980s, where my daughter was born. We're going to find out some more things about this New England area. But we're going to find out about her, too, because I think she's an interesting person, unique, all right? She's got this whole new thing with Mingle the Millions, and we're going to find out all about it. Ready to have fun, guys? So here we go. Let's bring her on screen here. Hey, Cammie Baker. Hey, Tim. How you doing? Fabulous, fierce, and on fire. Thank you for asking. So that's someone who's got a response. She just is like, she knows she's going to be positive because she just exudes it and throws it out there. I love it, Cammie. So welcome to my show. And really, it should be your show because I'm asking about you, not me. Well, I tell you, when I say fabulous, fierce, and on fire, that really lights people up. And I actually coach people to think about what is the one, two, or three words that you want to be known for, that you want to be seen and received as, and when people ask you one, three, five, ten, a hundred times a day, how are you? How are you? How you doing? It's a great time to have that affirmation that you say. So every time I say I'm fabulous, fierce, and on fire, whether I felt that way or not, I do now. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, I, you know, part of my I, I knew Zig personally, and Zig used to have this thing. If people asked, he would say, um, he would say, I think it was like, you know what I mean? Well, I'm uh, if I was any better, there'd be two of me. <laughs> and I think my my favorite of him was always is he always said good morning. And most people, some people like I I, I throw it out as a quiz every now and then because he always was like, well, why good morning? He says because I want the better half of my day to be it's still in front of me. Nice. That's the same thing. You're doing the same thing, but you're putting your unique touch on it. I love it. Thank so, you. so I I understand, Cammy, that, that that you're doing this mingle to millions thing. Tell me a little bit about that. Well. A good author always has a copy of their book with them. As a matter of fact, um, anyone who has books out there, always have your book with you. If you're at Panera's or a coffee shop, put it on the table next to where you're sitting. People recognize you, especially if it has a face on it. Um, and I've even taken it into Barnes and Noble and putting it on the shelf, <laughs> taking pictures in Barnes and Noble. But um, my book, book is Mingle Two Millions, The Art and Science of Building Business Relationships and Mastering Referrals. And I am just now in the middle of all that's going on, creating the second book, which is Mingle with Millions. And uh -huh. the third in the series will be Mingle with Millionaires. Uh-huh. I like that. It's like, well, you're thinking your brand three steps out. I, well, I am. And, I, and it's kind of funny. Over the last year, I've been pondering writing the second book. And I love Grant Cardone. And I, in listening to some of his books, I was going to name the second book Lead or Be Led because he has Sell or Be Sold and all of that. 
but it just kind of dawned on me. I was having a walk with a very good friend of mine a couple of days ago, social distancing, but on a walk and, um, and talking about it. And I thought, you know what, why not just be really consistent with the brand? People call me the mingle to millions lady. They know the mingle to millions book. They see the book and they say, Oh, I've seen that on people's coffee tables and on their shelves, et cetera. So why not? Why try to fix something that's not broken? Mingle to millions was a great start. And when you're wanting to learn how to be more efficient and effective with networking, then get the book. You can get it for free at camibaker.com forward slash free book. But the second book, Mingle with Millions, is going to be around the seven keys of collaboration so that you can have, you know, really super successful business relationships, resources, revenue. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's unique uh, in its way. And I love it. That, like I said, like I said, I love the fact that, you know what I mean? You've got it already planned out, but, but let, let me ask you this. All right. Um, this didn't come overnight. I'm sure there was a process to get here, right? Well, I guess there's a process to get anywhere. And uh, when you say it didn't happen overnight, it's kind of funny. I get the downloads at like three in the morning. That's when it does, when different things do come to me. And I'm sure that our listeners uh, have their moments of inspiration when they're driving in the car, when they're in the shower or whatever. But um, these different days come to me overnight, but it took months and years and experiences and breakdowns and failures. I love John Maxwell's book, um, uh, Fail Forward. Yeah. You know, he talked about if you want to have success, the fastest way to success is to fail forward fast. The faster you can fail, the faster you can get to success. And for me, when I was in real estate, when you're picking up the phone, and making these prospecting calls, you know, the, the fastest way to become successful is to get hung up on and told to F off really quickly, a lot over and over so that you learn and you can pivot and shift and just get better and better at handling objections and, and getting through the nose to get to the yes. Yeah. Uh, and, and I, I mean, have you, you gotten your system down to be able to take those calls and take the nose faster? Well, I actually teach people how to get through the, get through the phone calls. I've taught real estate agents how to make those kind of calls. And with what I do now with, with really working with business people that are successful and already established real estate, financial services, um, anyone that's in a service uh, business, instead of, instead of actually helping them to get, a, get through a bunch of notes really fast on the phone, I actually help them how to learn how to meet people where they're at, bridge the humanity gap and leave their icky salesperson at home and show up as a contribution to the world. So one of the things I'm also known for is being America's authority on, on how to develop business with purpose in mind, have a social responsibility aspect to it so that you really don't get as many no's because yeah. you're not talking about you and your business. You're talking about what you're doing in the world, whether you're helping veterans or puppies or kids or the environment. When you talk about what you're doing in the world, you can meet people where they're at and you don't get as many no's. You get a lot more. Oh, tell me more about that. Mm -hmm. So, it, you know, and again, all right, I, I'm sure there's a story of how this got here. Is there a story? Can you tell us back? How did the, how did you come up with this? Thank you for asking. There is a story. So one of the ways I've been explaining it, um, one of my mentors 
shared that the way that you are bringing it up obviously is very important. So one of the ways I explain it is how a red suit, a Mustang convertible and a horse rescue farm taught me how to mingle to millions. Mm -hmm. So the quick version of the story is when I first got my real estate license 15 years ago, and no, I'm not a realtor. People confuse me with that, but I do teach real estate agents how to prospect. But when I got my real estate license, I was newly sober, had only been sober for a few months. I was a single mother living in a mobile home on food stamps. I had no confidence, no skill, et cetera. So obviously I decided to get into real estate. So, so when I got into real estate, I, I was smart enough to get a mentor very quickly. And the mentor taught me how to prospect and things. And so with my first big commission check, I bought a 64 and a half Mustang convertible. And when I bought that car, I knew that anyone from six to 60 years old would look at it, would be impressed by it, would ask me about it, would talk to me about it. Sure enough, they did. And one of the ways for me to get that car out into the public with me in it and my name on it was a car show. Mm -hmm. So when I did my first car show, I got 50 cars to the car show and every one of them was trying to give us $20 to register. But mm -hmm. I was totally green, absolutely ignorant, had no idea what I was doing. I was ignorance on fire, as I call it, just excited out driving around with a car, getting a bunch of cars to the car show. But of the, my friend that was helping me said, why aren't we taking their money? They're trying to pay them to, to get in the car show. And I said, because I didn't do this to make a couple hundred dollars. I did it to promote our, us in the car. But it got me thinking, Tim, $20 times 50 cars. There's a lot of people that could use $1,000. Mm -hmm. Who could I give this money to? So I asked around. I found a place called the Live and Let Live Farm in Chichester, New Hampshire. They rescue horses from slaughter. And for the next seven years, I was giving that money to the Live and Let Live Farm. And something really magical happened. I realized as I was out talking about the car show and that we were giving money to the live and let live farm and that we were looking for hot cars and people who wanted to promote their business and people who wanted to help the horses. It gave me a unique sales proposition. It gave me a way to walk into any business, any conversation, any LinkedIn, any anything to be able to create that conversation and meet people where they're at. So instead of just prospecting, prospecting, no, no, no. Now I was actually meeting my ideal clients and not talking about what I do, but what I'm doing. And because of that, it gave me lots of fun conversations. Oh my God, I love antique cars. Oh my God, my church volunteers at the Live and Let Live Farm. Oh my God, my mom's pampered chef. She'd love to have a table there. So I learned by my own experience how to promote myself without promoting myself. Mm. Promote yourself without promoting yourself. Boy, that is like a interesting thing, isn't it? <laughs> I hadn't, I've never put it that way before, but that is a good one. So, yeah. <laughs> so when I was talking about somebody else, something else, the social responsibility aspect, it just gave me a whole way to show up with confidence. So when my when my current clients, when those real estate people, mortgage, insurance, financial advisors, network marketers, coaches, et cetera, a lot of the times what I find having been to thousands of events and spoken to hundreds of them, people have a really hard time talking about themselves or giving their dirty 30, the 30 second elevator pitch. I hate I, that. Yeah. Well, it, most people do. And 
you know, when you when you've got that that recited 30 second, well, here's what I do, and I sure would love your referral. It's boring, it's passive, and it's it's played out. When we can actually show up, whether it's at a networking event, standing in line at Dunkin' Donuts, at the kids' baseball game, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, when we can show up talking about what we're doing in the world, talking about the contribution that we're making in the world. We can show up as what we're doing and then people actually care what we do and they actually want to hire us to do what we do. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's almost like uh, serve your world and your world will come for help. Serve your world and your world will serve you. Yeah. I like that. Um, And it's, it's, you know what I mean? I've looked at that over the years too. And it's interesting how you put it out there, Cammie is, you know, you're, you're, you're out there helping people, uh, but you are not selling to them. And in return, all right, they end up coming to you for your services. So it's almost like uh, my, my, one of my mentors is Frank Kern. It's almost like he says, you know what I mean? Show them you can help, help them by actually helping them. I love Frank Kern and, and I also love Grant Cardone. And yeah. he says, your biggest problem is obscurity. Mm-hmm. People just don't know that you exist. Mm-hmm. So how can you get out and be seen and be heard and be recognized and build your tribe you know, for example, with financial advisors, mm-hmm. by compliance standards, they can't talk about finance or money yeah. or investments like they can't do that. So how can they get out and build a tribe of thousands or tens of thousands or even just a few hundred that are specifically ideal clients? How can they do that without talking about finance? Well, one of the ways they can do it is by talking about what they're doing in the world. I have a client in Worcester, Massachusetts, who uh, is extremely well known. Her name is Lisa Casillo and she works with uh, Edward Jones. But when we started working together, she said, I want to be known as the connector. I want to be the connection person. When people want resources and relationships, I want them to think of me. So mm-hmm. th- this is one of the strategies that we're using to help her get out and be seen and be heard as the connection, as the resource. And then when people see her as that, they actually care what she does. And when they ask, so what do you do anyway? Now they care. Yeah. So, and, and, and I've, I've seen that in more places than you want to know. So, but I want to twist a little bit because you just said uh, where you're from and, you know, um, I, I, I kind of know, but I got to ask. All right. You know, I, I lived in, in, in Massachusetts and New Hampshire, National New Hampshire, Massachusetts and Lowell and Tewksbury, Massachusetts in the eighties. What part of Massachusetts are you from? <laughs> Did you say Nashua? Uh, I lived in Nashville, yeah. Nice. Yeah. So I'm actually in Wyndham, New Hampshire, which is literally a half a mile over the border into New Hampshire, which means we have cheaper. We don't have sales tax here. Yay! <laughs> so, um, so I'm just about 30 minutes north of Boston area. So I say Boston because people just understand that. So I'm actually in New Hampshire right next to Nashua, as you well know. Yep, yep. So, yeah, my daughter was born in downtown Boston in 1988 and uh i have not been to downtown boston since like 1990. like i understand it's a whole different world down there now (laughs) but anyway well you know i don't i don't want to date what we're doing as far as because we're recording this but right now with the coronavirus going on i did take a ride about a week ago Uh staying in my car um social distancing i just thought what does it look like to go into boston when there's no traffic and it was so surreal to go down on the, and the, you know, uh, 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 the airport, 
you know, God, what a huge airport. Saw maybe one plane instead of 100. Saw no boats out in the harbor, no cars. Very strange. But but Boston, you know, is a really, really beautiful mm-hmm. uh, city. It's so clean. Mm-hmm. Like I've been to a lot of cities, including San Francisco, that are just not the cleanest not, places yeah. in the world. But Boston is really beautiful. It's very it's very innovative. You know, we've got Harvard and all these, you know, there's tens of thousands of students here that are all here to to be innovative and creative and startups. And it's just really high tech area. Mm-hmm. So and have you lived there your whole life, Cammy? No, as you can hear from my accent, um, I actually moved here about 20 years ago uh, when my daughter was just uh, three months old and she's 21 now. And my daughter was born in Panama City, Florida. And we came up here because her daddy was from here. And I used to have a long, boring story, but short story is my baby daddy is from New Hampshire. So we moved here because the grass was greener and uh, didn't stay in that relationship, but uh, stayed in this area. And I'm really grateful, you know, that the people here are really salt to the earth. They, as we say, we, we work harder to dig our cars out of the snow than the rest of the country works all day. Yeah. <laughs> Because one of the reasons I moved south was to get away from snow. Um, I mean, I, I I just can't I can't deal with snow. So. <laughs> well, actually, I have a garage now, and I don't know how I ever lived without a garage. If you're going to be in New England, you need to have a garage. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I mean, New England. All right, uh, you've been there for 20 years. It's it's about 20. I moved here about 21 years ago to Dallas, Texas, from Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what I mean? It's, it's funny that you kind of did some moving too, uh, based on your life and you found business in New Hampshire. You weren't in a business and just transferred jobs. You know, I'm glad you bring that up because so often, you know, we can make excuses or we can make it happen. Mm-hmm. And I hear people all the time. Oh, well, I'm new to the area. I don't know enough people or I'm new to this industry and I've got to pay my dues and, you know, it's going to take me a few years to build my clientele or, you know, or I'm a single mom and you don't understand my situation. I've got kids to take care of or you, know, you don't understand. I don't have enough money to blah, blah, blah. And so when I first moved here, I, I when I came here, I came with my baby daddy, mm-hmm. my baby that was three months old, a big hundred pound lab, the biggest U-Haul truck they have full of a bunch of crap from a bar that I owned in Florida And the biggest thing I brought with me was my alcohol problem. Mm. And I bring that up because when we moved here, you know, we moved here because we thought the grass would be greener. Ladies and gentlemen, the grass is the same everywhere you go. You you, you end up meeting the same people over and over. If that's you meet the people that you're that you're surrounding yourself no matter where. So every time I get interviewed, people always ask, well, what's that one piece of advice that you would give give our listeners? And it's always change your playgrounds and your playmates, not from making a geographical cure move to Mm -hmm. another city, but like, who are you listening to? Who are you surrounding yourself with? Whose podcasts are you listening to? Or what are you watching on YouTube? Because when I moved here from Florida, I, I was an alcoholic. And as soon as I split up with my daughter's father, who's also a continued till this day alcoholic, uh, within a couple of years, when I got sober, uh, that's that's when everything started to shift for me. That's when I, w- Dr. Wayne Dyer says, said, mm-hmm. said when yeah. you change the way you look at things, mm-hmm. the things you look at change. Yeah. 
And when I was sitting on that bar stool with a bunch of other people talking about what we could have, should have, would have done or what we did way back when I wasn't getting anywhere. But when I when I changed the way I looked at things, things, the, the things I looked at changed and the people that I was hanging out with changed. And instead of making excuses about why I couldn't make things happen, I put my big girl panties on and I made it happen. So, uh, yeah. And usually, I mean, one, yeah, I, I had to cross off one on my list here. One of the things that I have to listen for in my interviews, cause I, I, I do this. So I don't get to know people. I want to get to know you on screen and I have it recorded, but I'd listen to that. The alcoholism, because one of my questions almost always in that, in my end thing here is, is beer or wine. Well, I got to take that one off cause I know you don't drink. Um, but anyway, uh, I mean, you made changes. You got out of the environment that was you were in, all right? And when you got out of there, the relationships. Did you find it easier to build relationships when you went into um, into an environment where something like alcohol wasn't influencing you? Yeah. I mean, when I – so just like any good alcoholic, I, um, I had surrounded myself with people who drank as much mm -hmm. as me so that I didn't have to feel – uncomfortable about it. Mm -hmm. And by the end of my, my drinking, I was totally isolated. I, I drank at home <clears throat> and, um, and because I wasn't driving and because it was cheaper, all kinds of justifications and reasoning for that. But the fact is I had, I had no center of influence. I didn't know anyone. Now I've moved from Florida to New Hampshire. I really don't know anyone. And when I first uh, was hired, so what happened was I, I decided to get sober, put my big girl panties on and got sober. And the first thing that I needed to do was, was get a job, get a new job, because my boyfriend, my drinking buddy and my boss were all the same person when I was wow. at the end of my drinking, total nightmare. So that's all gone. Now I need to get a job. And so I actually answered an ad in the newspaper, which I talk about in my book. For those of you who don't know, the newspaper is Internet in print. <laughs> So I answered this ad and ended up getting hired by a real estate agent. And I, long story short, I was his listing coordinator. I, I did listing packets, hundreds of listing packets. And then a year and a half later, when I got licensed, I became an agent and thank God for, you know, all the little things that happened to us that in the moment we don't realize what a blessing they are. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, if I had just gotten my real estate license, they would have said, hey, here's your desk. Here's your phone. You're on your own. Good luck. Have fun with that. Yeah. Um, but, I, but I was actually taught how to go after and find people who own property and uh, and have a desire to sell it. So I was able to be really successful very quickly, but it would not have happened if I was still nipping on the bottle. Yeah. Well, uh, that that's an interesting twist. All right. Um, you know what I mean? How you did that. But I'm going to tweak it a little bit because I always like to ask this question. All right. Is there someone in your past or someone who said like a, this person that gave you a word of advice that's impacted you? And after you answer it, I'm going to tell you why I asked that and how it's closely related to you and where you live. <laughs> so you want to know the person and what they said? That, that was their person and something they said that made you it sticks in your mind till this day and it has influenced you to, to be the better person. So the first thing that comes to mind, because we're talking about this, is the broker in my office. And one day we just passed each other in the hallway. Something was going on with a with a real estate transaction. And I remember him saying to me, Cami, all we are is the calm in the storm. Mm. And what he meant by that was 
people are going to be who you're being. If you're all flustered and upset and, oh, my God, I can't believe they've done this to us, then your clients are going to be that way. If you are, you know what? This kind of stuff happens all the time. We deal with it all the time. Don't worry about it. I got you. Mm-hmm. Then they're going to be confident in your ability to take care of the situation. So in the moment, it was about that transaction. But I've I've shared that a thousand times. And what it really means is be that which you want others around you to be mm. confident in control, knowing what's going on. So that's what that was for me. Well, let me ask you that. When, when was, when was that conversation? That was about 18 years ago. And it still sticks with you 18 years later. And I'm quite certain he wouldn't even remember it. If I were to ask him, he wouldn't even remember making that comment, but yeah, 18 years later, I think about it almost on a daily basis. Yeah. My, and the reason I ask you that question, and it's because I ask it to everybody on my podcast, is when I lived in Tewksbury, Massachusetts, a part-time job at a gas station. And it was a, a boss who said to me, because I was, I was part-time and I had problems running my shift because I, I, all the full-time guys would come in and get in my way. And the boss said to me, Tim, I want you to run that shit, run this shift here like you own this company. I have taken every job like I own it since. And it's funny, that was 30 some odd years ago. So, I mean, yours is 18, mine's 30, all right? But now we got to go to, all right, what are you saying to other people? Have you impacted someone else with a statement that you may or may not know of right now? You know, it's it's interesting. I'm sure you've had this happen too. I, I will have people say to me if I'm out at a networking event, yesterday, I went into Walmart. I'm walking into Walmart. There's some people behind me and they're, he's talking, he's saying something, blah, blah, blah. And I just made a little fun comment. He said, Cammy Baker. And I turned around and he had, he recognized my voice and we got inside Walmart and I, I'm picking out a bicycle. So I'm on my bicycle, or the bicycle. I'm, I'm riding around Walmart on the bike to see which one I like. And I passed this guy and he said, God, Cammy, you are always such an inspiration. And you know, it's that makes what I do worthwhile that people recognize me and that they they recognize that I'm an inspiration. And believe me, not everybody feels that way. I'm very polarizing. Mm-hmm. You either love, love, love or don't, don't, can't stand. And that's okay because I'm not here to serve everyone. But I know that 5% of people that I meet that I'm here to serve, I know I have an impact. I know what I do makes a difference. I know that I can help them double or triple their business or feel more confident or own their space. And I take that very seriously. Yeah. And that's it. I mean, you, you know what I mean? When you take it serious, knowing that um, how much you could change the world by something you say to someone else, not necessarily me beating on my chest and going, yeah, me got new Ferrari or whatever, but a word that is said out of our lips. All right may impact someone to become the next Mark Zuckerberg, the next, you know what I mean? Whoever. All right. And we don't know that. All right. But those, that's the most powerful thing is the words that come out of our lips. Do you agree with that? You agree on that? So 1000%, a couple of months ago, have you ever done landmark education? I've been to a few of their things, but I've never been, I've never been one of those people into the landmark thing. Yeah. But yeah, I understand it. Well, about 18 years ago, that same broker that I was just talking about in passing one day said, you should do Landmark. Mm-hmm. And at the time, this was long before we were, everybody was Googling and all that it was just before really computers 
Yeah. So I, if he said it, I went. So 18 years ago, I did the whole curriculum for living as they, they call it. And it was so powerful for me. It totally transformed how I was showing up in the world. And a couple of months ago, I went back and did it again. I brought my 20 year old daughter with me and went through that whole process. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly one of the things they talk about that you create your reality by the words that you say. Mm -hmm. So, you know, once you clean up your past and take responsibility and make amends and make your apologies and own that everything in your life, good, bad, or indifferent, you created. And the good news about that is if you don't like it, guess what? You created it. So what do you want to create? What do you want to create moving forward? And the way that we do that is by speaking it into existence. Mm -hmm. So the words we use are super powerful. Super powerful. So I got to agree with you on that. So um, now I noticed you're, you know, uh, you're, you're doing like you're, you're mingled a million. So I do, you do a lot of networking. So do you host, I mean, not right now, but in general, do you host live events? <laughs> you know, I, I literally wrote the book on efficient and effective networking. And I guarantee anyone out there, if you're brand new to networking, you need to read the book. If you've been networking for 50 years, you will get some tips out of that that you never thought about. However, to answer your question, um, I, I love to be social. I love to learn. I love, I'm, I'm like a seminar junkie queen. I could spend a week at a seminar once a month and just make that, like if I could get paid to be at seminars and I do, cause I, sometimes I'm speaking and training and sometimes I'm in the seats learning. Um, so yeah, I do events all the time. Um, and at the same time, I, one of the things that I talk about is quality versus quantity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when, every time I go to a free local event, because it's convenient and it just happens to be, and I'm free that night. I, we can meet anyone anywhere. We can meet the ideal person at church, at the grocery store, at a networking event. I mean, we're all everywhere, but what I'm getting at is I want to really encourage your viewers and listeners um, to go to events that you pay to play, that you pay to be a part of it. Because if you invested $500 for that day, everybody else in the room did too. If you invested $3,000 for a three-day seminar that most people had to fly to, those are people who are investing in their future. They're people that are serious about their business, et cetera. So when I do an event, to answer your question, I do them. And I'm always walking on that fence of, do I want to make it free so more people come? Or do I want to charge money so that less people come, but they're qualified I'm always kind of dancing on that line because even Frank Kern and Grant Cardone and others do free events for some reasons. And I always think, how can I charge for my event if you can actually go to Tim's for, for free? Why would you pay to go to my event? So the long answer to your question is, yes, I do do events. And, and the more we, we pay, the more we pay attention. You know, and, and, you know it, I agree with that. The more we pay, the more we pay attention. And, you know, um, I don't know if you know Larry Broughton. Larry Broughton's a friend of mine from from California, and Larry said this many many years ago. We were talking, and he said this very that very concept you just said. And he said, Tim, you notice you go to a free networking event, you talk to the one or two people that you know. If you pay five bucks, you may reach out to one or two people you don't know. But imagine if you paid twenty bucks to get in that room, or how many people are you going to meet now? And he said. Now let's take it up. Imagine if you paid 50 bucks to get in that room. Not only that, the quality of people that are in the room. 
And I was like, I was blown away with it. Like, wow. <laughs> and you just, you just reinforced something I heard eight years ago. <laughs> it was so awesome. Well, people who pay, pay attention. People who invest are invested. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I always think about like going to the gym. If it's a $10 a month membership, which I've had two or three times in my life, never mm -hmm. went. No. Never went. $10 a month. No big deal. No skin off my back. But about five years ago, when I started putting a few pounds on and my pants were too tight and I had the little jelly roll going over the top of my jeans, I went to a place that was $3,500 for the year for some personal coaching. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad that I did because in the beginning I went because I wanted my damn money's worth. Like I want to get my money's worth. And then after a couple of weeks of being there at 6 a.m., three days a week, then I became coachable. I thought, well, if I'm going to be here and get my money's worth, I need to learn about carbs and protein. Tell me, how does that work again? So in other words, I wanted to get my money's worth. So I actually paid attention. And I, find, I had a mentor years ago who told me, Cammie, if you really want to work with people who will take your advice and be respectful and actually apply it and actually transform and really get the most out of what you teach, raise your prices. Mm -hmm. True. True. I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing that I've learned is, you know, and over the years, I mean, I, I've, I've gotten to where I, and I had a friend who actually said the same thing, but they said it to me as like, uh, you need to, they said you needed a $25,000 coaching or $30,000 a year coaching program. And I'm like, who, who's going to pay me? I mean, in my mind, who's going to pay me $30,000 a year? And he, and they said, it's those people who believe it or not, you won't have to do the work because they're so invested. They're wanting to do the work. They want to get their money back. And I'm like, you just re again, you just reinforce what I was told. <laughs> well, and you know, we talk about words and the words we use are really important. I actually work really diligently on shifting my language. So I, I, I call it people are investing in themselves through me. So yeah. instead of they pay me, it's they're investing in themselves through me. And to your point, when people are at that level of investment, they are so coachable. Mm -hmm. They are so. So I had a, 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 a mentor, a coach about five years ago. And it was a $25,000 investment for six months. Mm -hmm. And I'm there's so many wonderful reasons that I did that and ways that it, that it comes about my business now. But I let people know I invested that because I wanted what she had, because I wanted to transform so much. I knew if I made that kind of investment, and this is for people that are that could be potentially hiring and working with Tim, with you, mm -hmm. you know, when when they invest that, they pay attention, they show up. They don't make excuses about how there was too much traffic or their kids crying in the background. They put that kid in a closet and they show up with a pen. Just kidding. You know what I mean? Like they show up. And also I knew when I was getting ready to step into being a mentor and a coach and a consultant and all that, I needed to have integrity. How dare I suggest or invite someone else to invest in themselves through me mm -hmm. if I personally wasn't ready to do that or doing it or have already done that. I, I'm actually coaching someone right now who is a wants to be a business coach who's never been in business and had never been coached as a business, mm -hmm. not a business coach. I said, how can you possibly tell people that you're going to coach them in business when you've never even had a business coach? Yeah. Or, or never had a business. I mean, you know, uh, I'm, I'm big on the mentorship over I over the word coaching because mentorship shows 
you've been there, done that. You know what I mean? And you're teaching by experience, not teaching because someone taught you coaching skills. You know, I, I actually looked up a couple of days ago and, and you probably have looked up the difference between coaching and mentoring. And, and, and there's a conversation there. But the difference between consulting and coaching. Mm -hmm. And I find that I am much more of a consultant than a coach. Yeah. yeah. A coach asks questions so that you can come to your own conclusions mm -hmm. so that you can work through in your mind how to how to make that happen. A consultant brings their strategy and experience and they tell you how to do it. This is how you do it. And then you go do it. Yeah. I'm much more of a consultant than a coach. And and I think for, for me, from my own experience, instead of working with an individual real estate agent that just got their license and is trying to figure stuff out that needs a coach to help them pull the good out of them. I'm much more of the consultant to come into the office or the company with the 10, 15, 20, 20,000 mm -hmm. and consult and give them a strategy and have them implement it like that. Mm -hmm. So I, I find it interesting. So uh, you know what I mean? The fact that, you know, we started this off on, you know, events. All right. And when we get down this, I mean, coaching, it's, it's, it's mentoring, but let me ask you, all right, that to, to share with the people here, um, what is it that, that, you know, how is it that they can get a hold of you and what is it some things you can help my audience with? So <clears throat> I am real, raw, relatable and reachable. If you Google Cami Baker, I'm, I'm, I'm everywhere. And I do return a text and I do give my phone number out 603 785-2598 right here on my cell phone. Mm -hmm. um, so they can reach out to me in, in any aspect, uh, even sending a carrier pigeon or a smoke signal. So I say that because I want to make it fun. I want to be playful. I want to be joyous. Yeah. I want to have our human interaction not be drudgery or I have to go to that networking event or oh, I've got to go network. Like, mm -hmm. I teach people how to net web. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll give you this for your listeners. How can I help them? When you think about whether you're at a networking event, this isn't just going to networking events. Life is networking. Mm -hmm. You and I are networking right now. We're networking with thousands of people that are watching us. Mm -hmm. So when you're out networking, are you the one who's given a card to everybody? Here's my card. Here's my card. Here's my card. Here's my card. Spraying your card everywhere and praying that something will happen. Mm -hmm. Those are the skunks. Are you the one? Hey, let me get your card. Let me get your card. Let me grab that card. They go around to every table at the expo and grab a card off every table and leave with that big stack of cards that they squirrel away to send the boring emails that nobody cares about. Those are the squirrels. Mm -hmm. Are you the person at that event or on Facebook or LinkedIn? Dun, 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 dun. Hey, try my product. Mm -hmm. Join my business sign my contract. Mm -hmm. Are you being a, a shark? So if we're not being a skunk, a squirrel or a shark, what I suggest is people become a spider, mm -hmm. which is why I've always got my spiders on. A spider is very intentional. A spider makes connections. And as they make connections, they create a net web. And when a spider has a net web, a spider doesn't chase or hunt or aggressively assertively go after they sit back and wait for that, which they want to come to them, which is why we're on this video now, because you asked me to be on, because I have such a beautiful net web that people come to me. Mm -hmm. So I would suggest to, to the viewers, think about that. 
Are you a skunk, a squirrel, a shark, or a sloth, which is the one that's just sitting over in the corner on their phone? Uh, yeah. Or are you being intentional mm -hmm. about how you show up, how you're being seen on social media, at networking events, in your conversations, in your texting and emailing? My God, so many people are missing out on so much opportunity by making statements instead of asking questions. When you ask questions, you can double your leads, appointments, clients, income, all of that. Hmm. Wow. Uh, great and powerful information. So, uh, you know, because this is also going to have an audio version of it, all right, for the podcast. So mm -hmm. why don't you tell everybody your websites and how they can find you? Sure. So CamiBaker.com spelled C as in Charles, A as in Apple, M as in Mary, I as in Ingrid, CamiBaker.com or MingleToMillions.com, which goes to the same place. And Cami at CamiBaker.com is my email. So easy to find. Cool. Cool. So uh, Cami, uh, this has been fun, by the way, getting to know you on camera. Um, but I always like to end my podcast. <laughs> you willing to play a game with me? Not only am I willing to play a game, and not only do I not drink, but I'm one of the most playful, fun people you'll ever meet with or without a drink. So let's uh, go. Yes, because I've seen some of the photos. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so I like to play a little game at the end of my podcast called This or That, where I basically give you two choices and you got to pick them. And um, I've put one in there from your neck of the woods just to see which side you're on. I'll bet it's sports related. <laughs> How'd I know that? <laughs> Probably because you live in the New England area. So let's start off with this one here. Star Trek or Star Wars? Star Trek. Ah, Kirk or Picard? Say that again. Kirk, Kirk or Picard? Picard. Um, Picard. Picard. Ah, yeah, see, why is in that one? So uh, how about a phone call or text? Phone call. Yeah. Some people just like that phone call. Some people like to talk more than some people want to text first. I don't know. It's, it's, it's an interesting thing. Well, if you want to build relationships, you can't do it via text. Yeah. You got a point there. So uh, here's my wing dinger. All right. Red Sox or Yankees? Red Sox. Do you even like baseball? No. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> I wasn't going to put that other team up there in New England on my podcast. I just simply refuse. Anyway. <laughs> Tea or coffee? Coffee all day long. Can't you tell? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I am so frustrated with Starbucks that I have to go through drive-thru. I want to walk into Starbucks, pick up my coffee, and walk out. I want to go sit in Panera's and do my work for five hours, which I like to do, get oh, out of the house. Yeah. I do because I work from home just like you, Cammie, is, is I like to go twice a day to Starbucks. And, and sometimes it's just sitting there with it, you know, in the morning, it's coffee. And I want to say it's vegging out or, or spacing out, but it really, it's meditation. If you think mm -hmm. it's that moment where I get to sit and think about my day for 10 minutes without going, well, I've got to do this. I've got to do this. And I, it's, I miss that because I do mm -hmm. I go sit at the Starbucks twice a day. And I do, I miss that right now. So hamburger or taco. Hamburger. Hamburger. Oh, now I like you. I don't <laughs> tacos on that one. I don't know why. Beach or mountains? Beach. <sighs> Which beach up there do you go to? I go to Hampton Beach. Um, I, it's great for people watching too. And there's all the little shops and mm -hmm. 
I'm the only person without a tattoo. Oh, well, yeah, I'm rock and roll guy and I don't have one either. So my wife has more tattoos than I do. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I, I uh, um, down on uh, Cape Cod, I mean, like I and Martha's Vineyard and stuff like that. <laughs> I lived up there. That's where I went. So that's why I was wondering. Yeah. Well, you yeah, that's a long way from me. However, I'm doing a lot of business down in Cape Cod now. I'm I'm actually considering shifting from Cami to Camille. Mm -hmm. short for Camille. Mm -hmm. And as I, as I upgrade my image, I'm thinking about going to Camille. So the Cape Cod plays right into that. So I've got two fun ones at the end. One of them right now could create a war in current times. If you have it toilet paper under or over. Over. And you have to be over. I, that's always been a pet peeve of mine. And if I'm dating a guy and I go in his bathroom and it's under, I'll fix it one or two times. But if he can't get it down right, that's a deal breaker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It is war sometimes. <laughs> well, and now it should be toilet paper or bidet. <laughs> toilet paper or lettuce leaf. <laughs> Okay, and last one, boxers or briefs? Uh, commando. Cami <laughs> <laughs> Baker, you make a fun interview. And let me tell you, uh, I'm glad I got to know you on camera today and uh, on the podcast, all right? I think it's one of the most interesting ways we get to know people. I agree. Yeah, so uh, one more time, I want you to tell them your website and how they can get a hold of you. CammyBaker.com, MingleToMillions.com, <clears throat> excuse me, and it's Cammy with a C, Cammy Baker, and not candy, but Cammy, like Cameo, Camshaft, Camcorder. Yeah, okay. All right, guys, uh, you know, uh, as we end our day, it's another great broadcast with Cammy Baker, all right? I thank you guys for coming out to the Tim Gillette Show, and we'll be back with another episode real soon. So, bye. Bye. <laughs>